0: Welcome to Turn the Page. Design your dream career podcast with me, Tyann. And me, Kyla.
1: This is a podcast we wish existed as we fantasized for a decade about
0: trading our corporate jobs for a dreamy life of passion and travel. We're sharing all of the misperceptions that kept us plugged into the corporate matrix and rat race, including the falsehood that we had to completely start over from scratch Versus simply turn the page.
1: Welcome back. We have decided to do something out of the box today. And we're going to record using video as well. We heard from people. It sounds like you're having so much fun and we want to see your face.
0: Yes. So here we are. Full disclosure that the first uh, five episodes were recorded in my office in our pajamas uh, with the cats going bananas in the background. (laughs) Literally climbing the curtains.
1: Yes, those beautiful <laughs> curtains. Are those different in the back?
0: No, they're, the same. Oh, they're the same. They're the same. Okay. Yeah. Custom okay. drapery, like legit expensive drapery that the cats were climbing. You
1: guys, they were literally, we wish we had recording because they were literally like jumping and then just clawing down. I mean, and there's like a 30 minute break in one of the episodes that oh are cut out while they were just going bananas.
0: Going so. bananas. And we should have, I, again, I wish that was recorded because that is so real life with what's happening with everybody now. So I just want everyone to know if your cat goes bananas in the background or your dog, whatever, has a fit, um, this is the life we lead right now. It's fine. That's
1: right. That's right. Everything is fine. And fine. that's such a good reminder that we we want you guys to get, you know, a glimpse into our life. And it's, it's not perfect it's not rainbows and daisies but it is it's real and this is part of living the life we imagined is is figuring out as we go along and so we just want to give you a little access to some of the conversations that tyann and i have as we continue this journey and walk along this together so
0: you know i love that kylie it kind of reminds me that because we're doing what we do now and we feel so much more centered and grounded and connected um I have so much more, I would say, compassion and empathy and ability to roll with things as they happen than I felt like I did before, where if something went wrong, um, of course, I would still fix it. But it just really caused a lot of anxiety. And um, I probably telegraphed that. And, you know, one of my my favorite stories is, and I can't remember if I've ever shared this with you, I was on a, a Zoom training, so a virtual training for a client. This was a big deal. They were paying me money. This was recorded, the whole thing. And I knew that the bug guy was expected that day. So I'd put a, a sign on the front door that said, I'm in, you know, a Zoom training. Do not ring the doorbell. Let yourself in. The back door's open. And, you know, so just normal pest guy coming to Sprite. And so I'm faced, you know, facing my computer just like this. And then I notice the door to my office opens and the pest guy comes in here with the big spray bottle and his whole thing. And he's spraying in my office. And I was like, dude, I don't have bugs in my office, man. Go outside.
1: Oh, my goodness. (laughs) It's all right behind me. Oh my goodness, that is fantastic. Yeah, people are going to think I, I live in a roach motel. I'm like, no, 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 just go inside. It's <laughs> <That is> fantastic. <laughs> and that is such a good segue into what we're going to be talking about today, which is how to create a career that integrates your life as well. Right. Because Absolutely. life happens. you got to let the bug guy in. You've got to pick up kids from school. Right. There's there's other things in your life that need to happen. And yeah, this is one of the many reasons that Tyenne and I are so passionate and up in arms, one might say, uh, about all of these companies. It, 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 it doesn't even affect us because we own our own sets, but right. on their behalf, we are up in arms. Because so many companies are asking employees to go back to the physical office, Ugh. and so I want to—I'd love for us to start uh, so that our listeners understand where the this sort of status quo of work mm-hmm. came from. Mm-hmm. So five days a week, forty hours a week came from the Industrial Revolution.
0: Absolutely. Before that, it was very different. And then when the Industrial Revolution happened and people started working in factories, they are the ones that set this. And we have just taken it ever since then as gospel, that this is how life is supposed to be. And it's made up. I mean, totally made up. It's a completely know. artificial construct. Right. We're not in the Industrial Revolution anymore, people. So do We're we not drive Model T's, believe. right? And, you know, then our school system was set up to produce factory workers and unfortunately it is still very much in the industrial age and the way it is set up too and then one of my most favorite things is the hours that our schools have don't align at all to the hours of a traditional workplace so that just systematically is setting up a disconnect because schools you know start later or get out earlier or whatever the case is. And heaven forbid you have two kids or more in different schools for elementary and middle and high school and on and on. Right.
1: Absolutely. So we have a construct for a system that is not even based on our modern society. That's one thing. Secondly, we also have a construct of going back to the office that came from people who weren't even leaders, decision makers who are not even using the data to support their decisions, right? Because we know the data says during the pandemic, people were more effective. They were happier. I worked with a a major company who I was working in a finance transformation and they closed their books faster than they had in the history of the company during the time that everyone was home, right? And this leader who's European, by the way, which I find interesting, It's yeah. an interesting aside, said, um, we we will continue this permanently. Okay, I,
0: well, they've got irrefutable results, data, right? That this thing asked, was better. It worked.
1: I asked my team members and this is what they want to do. And yet, with all of the, that kind of data, with what we saw during the pandemic, it's not like the economy fell apart during the pandemic in terms of worker productivity. Yeah. People actually... a lot of epiphanies about what they wanted their life to be right and the balance that they wanted to have and yet it particularly in the past several months we have seen this go you know be in a certain location go back to the physical office Mm -hmm. and that is having an impact on people and we want to talk today uh, this is not an indictment on those companies making those decisions although we don't agree with them, but it is to shine a light on if this going back to the physical office does not work for you. And we're going to talk about the people who are most impacted by this decision. Then we want to offer you that there's other possibilities.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. There's so many stories that we have there. Who
1: is um, the most affected by the the back to the office?
0: So this is really been a hot button for me on this whole return to work. And just like you said, um, Gallup, of course, tracks engagement. And when people actually got um, through a little bit of the pandemic and employee engagement went up, everyone was still at home, which was kind of fascinating. And okay, so I saw an article the other day, and it was talking about, you know, leaders really pushing for people to come back. And it said, the only people for whom the traditional work model ever worked was typically white men who had a spouse at home, mm-hmm. and Kyla, I read that, and it was a drop the mic moment because when we look at who is disproportionately in positions of leadership, I mean, the data just shows it typically is white men, right. So there's a an older white men, you know, so there's a certain demographic. So it's not to bash white men. it's just looking at the data. And so if this system was working well for them pre-pandemic, Why on earth wouldn't they think it's going to work really well again now? And so you can see how that's a construct. However, we know because we have um, empirical evidence here that who was most, you know, disproportionately affected, it's low socioeconomic, it's women, it's people of color, and who is disproportionately not in positions of leadership. So here we are with a kind of silent majority that the previous system didn't work for very well and now being told, hey, you know, we need to come back to that because that's better. Well, better for whom?
1: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we, we've we talked about, you know, there's, there's this idea of invisible work. There's also this idea of, uh, I just throughout invisible schedule. I'm not sure what we're calling it as a society. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, who lets in the bug guy? Who picks up, you know, a sick kid from school? Right. Who picks up
0: yeah. something on the way home? You know, that the place closes at 5 p.m. or whatever. Who has to go by the bank? You know, maybe I don't have to go by every day, but when you do, they're darn sure not open after 5. Um, who has to stop in and visit their elderly parent to make sure that they're okay? Um, I mean, who who takes the car in when it needs an oil change? Just on and on and on. And when you look at who, again, disproportionately these things fall to, um, it's typically not the C-suite of an organization. Right. Absolutely.
1: And so, again, it's just something that we're both really passionate about because we see how many people are impacted by it that these companies are going to end up losing and and this is another interesting piece of the puzzle i have so many clients who say to me we have picked up talent as people are forced to go back to Mm -hmm. the physical office we've picked up talent that we would have never gotten if they hadn't been forced you know into a schedule that that didn't work for them and right. so then those smaller right. to medium-sized companies are picking up talent from these blue-chip companies. Right. And and you want to talk about winning the talent war. Absolutely. This, right. Now you're you're actually and and again when Tyne and I both always look at outcomes, right? What is the outcome of something versus right. this sounds like a good idea. Mm-hmm. And the outcome is these small to medium companies are grabbing talent that is going to, you want to talk about changing the outcome of companies' results, right? right? So you force people to go back to the office or force them to go on certain days. I've heard in Dallas that Tuesdays are a complete nightmare with traffic now. Can because imagine. That's you know, the work day, right? Right. Are, are, are doing a shortened week. Right. So let's get everyone together to put pressure on the infrastructure in, in every major city, not to mention... Again, this invisible schedule that you're trying to manage and the data that proves that they're they're actually less effective when they go into the office, because as we talked about on a past episode, there is so much time that is wasted in an office. Oh,
0: my gosh. Right? I mean, we talk
1: about France and companies in Europe who have gone to a five hour work day, five hours. Right. Right. Because when you look at the percentage of time that people waste in an office, it's about three hours. So if you said, least, go in, give us your best five hours and then leave. Right. And their their results went up. The financial yeah. results actually improved.
0: So so many things, Kyle, about what you said. Um, yes, there was this again, industrial age mindset that my employee gets to work at eight and you operate at peak productivity until five and that that's that's great. Well, that's just a bunch of bull. We know that's not actually how things work. And our bodies are governed by ultradian rhythms, which is just another fancy word for energy, which is one of our favorite topics, too, is energy management. I don't have the same energy for eight hours straight a day in an office. Do you? No. 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 This is, you know, the the data shows on this that we typically have about one 90 minute peak of kind of focused ability to work. And then after that 90 minutes, we go into this trough, the trough of despair, or the trough of I need a nap and a snicker bar. Um, something like that, which for most people is kind of that post-lunch, you know, post-lunch trough. However, there's a little bit of an energy lift later in the day where we tend to actually be more creative. So if you ever find that you you do writing at night or you do some more creative things at night or a lot of times if I'm putting a presentation together, I actually do it then. Um, mm, and yeah. and that that's how we work. So if a company is saying, great, give us your best five hours, man, that's great. You've just eliminated garbage that wasn't productive anyway.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. so one of those things that um, I give for... Uh, an exercise for clients is, you know, let me know. Let's talk about your energy. And a lot of times people are so into this mindset that they don't know. They're like, I I just, this is how I'm supposed to be. I'm like, okay. Well, then track your energy over a course of a week. Just make yourself a little note on your phone or in your journal and just say, this goes back to our conversation about wakeups and how not we not- like wake up. And I talked about the slow wake up. You are not a fan of getting up early. I know that. And so, like, when you wake up, how long does it take you to get going? When do you feel like you're you're really there? When are you tired? And then is there a period where you feel more creative? And just track that over time and see when that yes. is. For the majority of people, usually the peak is somewhere in the morning, um, sort of mm-hmm. by noon or by one, mm-hmm. and then um, kind of that trough in the afternoon. But some people are night owls. And so that's oh. totally fine.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I remember growing up, I would get home from school and I was that was the peak of my day uh, energy wise. Yeah. And so I would apparently be dancing around the kitchen and my oh. mother would say, she's coming alive. It's its kind of time of day where in the morning I'm like, don't talk to me. Don't engage with me. I'm trying to enter the world. And I think, you know, we talked in a past episode about square peg, round hole. Yes. and. So much of that, I think our experience was trying to fit into a system that is designed as if everyone is the same. And of course, everyone is not the same. And so there's no flexibility for when do I feel creative? When do I you know, want to do deep work? And when am I innovating? And then even when do I feel the,
0: the urge for sort of tactical work and even cleanup? Right. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's um, it kind of takes me back to at a place you and I both worked and I had an executive there. And after a little while, he started coming in at about nine thirty or ten. And I was asking just because he sat next to me, I'm like, hey, you know what? What's happening? Because this this is very intriguing to me who gets there at seven. And he said, my wife is not a morning person and our entire family works better when I handle the kids in the morning. Wow. And I was like, amen to you, man. Um, That was awesome. Kind of the downside was he was the executive leader of the organization. And so that didn't really get to apply to anybody else. Oh, yeah. So and it wasn't because of him. I think he would have been very open to it. It was just because of some of the systematic ways things worked. But I was like, that's awesome. Like way to identify that. That um happy wife, happy life.
1: <laughs> right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's okay. So that that's a great transition into another area that Tanya and I are both passionate about is when we think about the future of work and we think about where the future of work is equity. Right. Yes. So I just got back from Italy and I went to the World Happiness Summit. I, I was so much. It was incredibly inspiring to notice the difference between Italy and... And I've lived in Europe, so I mean, I remember some of this. But I was incredibly struck by when shops and restaurants were open.
0: Right. So are they open twenty four seven, a la America, or open until midnight? Never. Is that a thing? Never. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, you know, when we think about people physically going to a location to work we also have to think about how that disproportionately affects people who we have an expectation for that place to be open and what was so interesting in italy there was a loca- there was a cafe that we found this magical magical treat that was a croissant filled with white chocolate
0: and nutella which is Mecca for me. I mean, that's a food group. And you know how we like croissants filled with things like that's just everything. Exactly. exactly. Filled with anything.
1: But Nutella and white chocolate was just nirvana. And so, of course, we wanted one the next day back to the cafe and they weren't open because they alternate days with other cafes so that there's always a cafe you can go to. So everyone is creating income, right? But they are balancing life, work, in a a way that is more equitable to everyone in
0: their community. Wow. Okay. Well, so this is interesting because when you look at what a society values, so we have sort of the American society and sometimes even hyper-American when you look at some of these companies that we've been talking about or had experience with, who really value efficiency. And then you look at other parts in the world Who efficiency is not their primary driver. It's quality of life or quality of service or individual happiness or any other thing. And so I don't want to say any of these are wrong, but it does start to explain a lot about why we feel drawn towards certain things and then, you know, repelled from other things.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, one of the one of the topics at the conference was what resources need to be utilized for mm-hmm. happiness. And it was mm-hmm. so fascinating that the countries in the world that are the happiest also use
0: the least amount of resources. So once when is that possible? Because you... we use all the resources here.
1: Yes, yes, all the resources. And, and again, not an indictment on using resources, but isn't it interesting yeah. that the people that are the happiest use the least amount of resources so where in lies the problem of seeking happiness by more and more and more consumption
0: right I mean because as we know and this is not the we're not the experts on this this is probably a whole nother podcast but when, when we consistently increase our consumption it's usually because we have a hole that we're trying to fill yes. and the problem is that things can't fill that hole you, you can get a temporary lift, but that that doesn't solve the problem. And so when you're so burnt out or working at complete odds with your energy cycle or in a place where you don't align with the mission or whatever it is, um, that hole just gets bigger and bigger.
1: Yeah. And we partly mentioned this, you guys, because, it, I mean, we speak from that which we know from our experience. own experience, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, Tyan and I can regale you with years and years and years where we were consuming, looking for something else, right? We were shopping, we were eating, we were drinking, we were, I mean, even traveling was a form of just numbing, you know, from, from this this life that we knew we wanted, but we couldn't figure out how to get. And that misalignment right. is what creates, I believe, definitely road rage.
0: A 100%. I know. Right. Because you don't have but an outlet. That, pretty, yeah, but. yeah. It's um, I mean, it's interesting about the vacation and the travel because that continues to be kind of a value that we have. But when you look at why we were doing it before, like we were talking about those emergency Cabo trips, it was an escape. Right. And so both of us are now really trying to focus on building a life you don't have to escape from. And then, you know, integrating travel into what we do and also doing it for enjoyment and personal growth or interest or whatever, as opposed to I hate my life so much that I need an emergency Cabo trip.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: I'm glad we could do that. But
1: yes, yes, absolutely. So, again, if, if you're, you know, in a role that, you know, is not a good fit for you and you you feel this urge to consume and 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 again, get those dopamine hits. You know, we were you, so we completely understand. But I think it in part of evaluating your current life, you know, what my mentor coach always says, what is a false pleasure Ooh. versus a, an actual pleasure, right? So an actual pleasure would be, I mean, for me, it's sitting on our lakefront property reading a book. That's an actual pleasure, right? Mm-hmm. But a false pleasure in my old days was sitting on my sofa in the middle of a Metroplex with my trashy magazines, a bunch of junk food, some, some TV that looking back actually was very upsetting, mm-hmm. but it again, gave me this place to, to kind of soothe into that story, right. And, versus kind of facing my
0: own. Well, okay. I love that you mentioned that because I had a counselor one time and this is, When I lived in Dallas, you can imagine the company I worked for, and I was, we'll just say, extremely anxious, and I was in my 20s, so this was kind of a a new thing, and I was really um, anxious about being anxious, and he was asking me, what does your morning look like? Well, I had bought this home I couldn't afford in a darling little area um, in Dallas, and then I had this horrific commute. When Central Expressway was all torn up, and then I got to leave Central and get on LBJ, and then I got to get off LBJ and get on the tollway. So it was just like the trifecta of horribleness, and everything was under construction. And he said, "Okay, and what are you listening to during your commute?" And I said, "Oh, I've got some, you know, news talk program on." And he said, "Okay, oh, and then going into a job which was not a great fit, uh, at a minimum." And he said, you are consuming and taking in so much negativity before you get to a job that you don't like at all. And you're working for someone, you know, that's not a good fit for you. So it was really fascinating. I'd never had someone say to me before, what you're consuming in terms of, you know, your commute and what you're listening to is bad yes. for you. Yes, I thought I was being good, Kyle. I was listening to the news. Absolutely. absolutely. We so, you know, media is biased, and it's really important yes. to understand where you get your news and what their bias is. So mm-hmm. don't, absolutely. yeah. So just, you got to understand that. But I had no idea that taking in all that stuff was having such an effect and he was absolutely right.
1: Absolutely. And we, we, we often uh, tell our clients that, to create space in your life, which we know is the hardest thing, right? We were we we didn't know how to create space. Right. You have this chaotic life and career and all these responsibilities, and you can't imagine where am I gonna find space mm-hmm. to create this life that I want. And that's why we want you to reflect, and we're gonna give you some questions to reflect on what what is this physical experience you want in your career? What is the mental experience you want in your career, emotional? Um, even spiritual, maybe. And then so we want you to reflect. But we also want you to really think about what is what is coloring your lens right now? Right. Mm -hmm. Is it is it fear based input that you're you're putting in? Right. And and those are those are shifts that you can change today. Right. So I like used to start every day with uh news you know set my alarm for seven click it on wait for the headlines get the hit of fear-based dopamine which is also a thing uh we also get a hit from the fear which is really important to understand um that's why gossip feels so good actually too that's another really good thing to understand
0: why people magazine exists
1: exactly we get we get hits of dopamine from positive and negative but then i started you know, thinking about what do I want to actually start my day with, much like Mm -hmm. the counselor asked you. And those, again, are things that you can start to shift and things that will start to change the lens with which your brain not only takes an input, but then is directed to look for, how do I move closer to this life that I want? It's sort of, I always give the analogy when you're looking for a new car and you see that car on the road. That car was there the whole time. You just and you, you never noticed brain. it before, and now everybody exactly.
0: drives that same car, right?
1: Exactly. You're just directing your brain, so that's yeah. Where we want you to start directing your brain into where
0: where you're going. So we love to give. Oh, sorry. Did you have something else? Yeah. No. So I was just gonna say, you know, the things we've talked about so far: are energy management and um, directing your brain, watching what you consume. Yes. Thank you for that recap.
1: <laughs> no, sir, it's like it's great.
0: <laughs> We I'm, we I'm trying to keep
1: myself break. on track, Kyla. We love, we love uh, those. Are, those are the recaps. If you're taking notes, yeah. then again, we want to give you some questions that you can ask yourself as you start to think about. Hey, I work for this company that's asking me to go into the office, or right. you know, I have a business because uh, both of us attract entrepreneurs as well. Right. I have a business where I do X, Y, and Z, but mm-hmm. I really want to do A, B, and C. And move more toward that in my business or right. i have a friend who decided when she started her own business i'm not going to travel for the business i'm going to travel for fun but i'm not going to travel for the business right? right so we want you to start thinking about what would your dream career and in life include and at the end as we always do we're going to talk about something fun we get to do because we've created yeah. this dream career and life for ourselves right. but we want you to again reflect on what your current experience is, what the status quo is so that you can decide which of those things you want to take with you and which of those things you might want to be different. Yeah. Because we don't, our brains love always and ever as we've talked about, we don't want to throw everything out because there's probably some things you actually like Mm -hmm. about your life and career. There was, Mm -hmm. there was a reason you chose some of those, but we want to give you some applicable questions so that you can start to take some inventory Yep. on which parts are working so of that yeah i know we want to talk about environment maybe first so tyann is an extrovert i am an introvert tyann and i need connection and community but probably in different ways so one mm-hmm. of the things we like to ask is do you want to have connection with people maybe right. it's in a co-working space what yep. are some of the other things people should be thinking about when it comes to
0: physical physical, physical space and
1: connection?
0: So, again, I think sometimes our traditional work ways kind of force us to be in a certain box and have certain kinds of interactions. So this is one of those that sometimes when we ask these questions to clients, they just kind of look at us and they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, OK, I have an option. Right. You're, what do you mean? I have a, you know, I have a say in this. And so take a step back and really think about where does your energy come from in terms of your interaction with people and your productivity in different environments. So even though I like to talk to people, I don't want to talk to people for 60 hours a week. I still get tired. I still need to build up energy for that. And so for me, I was thinking, okay, I like to see people for lunch, not every day, because I find that a little draining. But if I can see like two people for lunch, and I get to get out of my office and do that, I find that energizing. Other people are saying, I'm so glad I don't have to work in an office anymore. I'm so glad that I'm at home and it's quiet. And that's awesome. But for me, if I spend 40 hours in here a week, and I don't ever talk to anybody else, I will be crawling the walls. Yes, absolutely. And, and it's similar
1: for me. I, even though I'm an introvert, which people often get confused what an introvert means, it just means I get my energy for myself. It doesn't mean I'm shy or a wallflower or anything. Yeah. But for me, I, I still want to have community. And so I found a co-working space where I interact with other entrepreneurs and it's small. So there's, there's more intentional interaction versus you know crowds and crowds of people right but that is if we think back to our blank sheet exercise that we gave you several yeah. episodes ago again what does your what is your dream day and life look like and we're going to go into much more depth in the next episode kind of part two of this but we want you to really start thinking about if if you're someone who has been asked to go back to the office and your reaction is are you kidding me or you own your own business and you've been doing things you don't want to keep doing. Right. Let's get out a white piece of paper and a pen and start right. to think about which parts are working. And that includes yes. the physical, the physical location of what's working.
0: Yeah. And I think physical, when you just look at our surrounding environment, is so important. And I know my husband, he's a outside um, account executive in sales, so he, he never has an office to go to. But he really likes to work on our back patio for at least several hours a day. And then, you know, I saw this for a while. And then I was like, "Ooh, let me try that. And I'm like, who knew being with nature is so restorative, Kyla? Who knew? Yeah. Right. So yeah. just that just that fact of, OK, maybe I am working remotely, but am I tethered to my screen all day? Like I've got slacks coming up. I'm I'm on back to back to back video calls. Or can I? go sit outside? Or can I go sit at the coffee shop and do some of that other kind of work? So I want people to get as granular as possible Absolutely. With this exercise.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, the consulting work that I do involves very, very few meetings. It is mostly deep, deep work, what you and I call deep work, which we're going to yeah. talk about in a future episode. But that was intentional because yeah, I didn't yeah. want to be in meetings all day long every day. That's what who I did does. in my previous life. Right. And and if I am doing a video coaching call with someone, those are those are those are my archetypes. Those are people that I have manifested into my practice who want to create a dream career and life and I love talking to them, right? That that actually energizes me. Right. So, you know, thinking back to I love what you said about just kind of looking back at your calendar, which parts Mm -hmm. of the day were you energized? Where was there even a, you know, I love to say the whispers. Where was there like a whisper? Oh, I wish I'd had another hour to continue. Maybe you picked up, you know, a journal or something and read an article. I would love to have had another hour and really thought about what that, what that could have been.
0: Yeah. So I love that so much.
1: Not even the status quo, but but to your point, really thinking outside the box and what yeah. where where can there be possibility?
0: Yeah. Well, one thing you've said before, Kyla, which I, I love and I have totally appropriated, is when when we're working with people, often because they're so dissatisfied with their current situation, it can be really hard to see anything beyond how upset I am right now. Okay. And absolutely there's work to be done there to, you know, to restore folks. However, We do need to get into that future casting, that vision casting, so that we know what we're moving toward and not just what I'm moving from. And you have such a great question of what will your life be like in a year or longer if you don't make any of these changes? Absolutely. So you're like, well, I hate my life today and I'll hate it even more then because I'll have a year of this on top of it. It's like, okay. Absolutely. I love that question you have.
1: Yeah, no, and and I think, you know, going back to what you said about our educational system, it's so critical for people to understand that there have been societal beliefs that have been impressed upon us from a very young age, and those colored our lens to believe that there was a grade associated with it. Your permanent right? record a in system. life. Exactly. There was a system associated with everything. Yep. Right. There was there were rules and boundaries. And what we're saying is that's all made up. Right. Don't believe right. it. Right. It is literally all made up. That's why I love that book, Talking to Strangers, Malcolm Gladwell. Yes. Find yes. out all these things that we take for granted that yes. oh, well, that's no, there was no good reason for right. so much of our societies systems right. and processes, no, right? Just it's totally like, I love, up. I'm sure you've heard that story about the woman who's making the roast and she cuts the end off. Yes, yes. And the husband's yeah. like, why are you doing that? My mom always did, calls mom, why'd you do it? It wouldn't fit in a pan."
0: Right, there you go. I, that's the perfect story, right? There's no
1: good reason, yeah. right? right? So as we imagine the future of work, which is one of Tanya and I's favorite topics, right? what do you want your future of work to be? And you can decide what that is. And maybe step one is my company is saying I have to go back or I'm working on things in my own business that I don't want to keep doing. Right. I can reimagine what that what that can be. So we want you to start again, taking some inventory, doing some reflection. And then again, in the next episode, we're going to talk a little bit about how we took that our inventory Mm -hmm. and we continue to. It's an ongoing process. And we created our dream schedule, our dream energy management. We don't
0: even look at it as time management anymore. And you can do the same thing. Yeah. And I think just a point on that, Kyla, that I don't want to mislead people into, like you said, every day is puppies and kittens all day long. Um, Because, I mean, it's life. There's there's things that come up. There's stuff that happens. And even with work, there's parts of it we really like and there's other parts of it which I'm kind of like, If I never had to do taxes again, that would be a day too soon, right? Yes. Um, yes. But what I found is when you have more margin in your life, both mentally and, you know, physically, and you're in a better, you know, mindset where you're not so anxious all the time, I find that you've got enough energy and reserves to get through kind of the noise of life without that stuff tanking you the way it would have before.
1: Yes. Absolutely. There is, there is no margin for most people. And I I do believe that's where road road rage comes from. Air rage. I mean, things that we have never seen before because
0: people do not have any margin in their life. Right. So there's no outlet. And did I ever tell you that time uh, that I had 16 meetings in one day? Okay. That, that was really the day where I was like, what the heck is going on here? And I was booking at 15 and 30 minute increments and I had 16 meetings in a day. Oh my goodness. Okay, how effective was I after meeting about three? Yes. Did I get to eat that day? No. I mean, it was just bonkers. And for me, I remember trying, not that this is crazy and I should not do this, but I remember thinking, how am I gonna make this work? Okay, I cannot eat lunch. If I don't eat or drink anything, I won't have to go to the bathroom. So that, I mean, like, and on and on. I can meet maybe these two people at once and instead of asking the right question, you know? Absolutely. 16 meetings in a day. There's there's no deep work going on in in a 16 meeting a day. No. And how did I feel when the day was over? Like a flipping zombie. And so was I any good when I went home? No, I was totally checked out. Exactly. Exactly. Yes.
1: Okay. So we are going to continue this conversation in part two. Uh, but in the meantime, we're gonna end with the way we love to end, which is what is something fun that we get to do because we've created the stream career and life. Mm-hmm. And again, we we offer this as inspiration because we wish someone had told us this when we were still in our traditional roles or okay. Um, not living the life that we imagine. So, right. Uh, what is something that's coming up for you or has happened to you
0: that um, you couldn't have done when you had 16 okay. meetings a day, <laughs> like everything? But Tom and I just did this. My husband and I just did this on Friday, where about noon we decided, "Hey, let's go to the pool." And we live in a planned development, and we've got a really nice community center that has a really nice pool. One reason we really like it is because, you know, in our previous house, we had a pool. But when you have it and you have to do all the work, it's a little bit less fun. So we really love that somebody else has to do all the work and maintain the equipment and everything. So about noon, we're like, let's go to the pool. And we did. And what was funny to us was on the way up there, I mean, it really kind of felt like playing hooky, right? And we're like, look at us going to the pool in the middle of the day. And then we got there and we were like, oh, it's going to be empty, right? Oh, no, it was packed. And so there were all kinds of other people there, too. And I just thought, good for them and good yes. for us that it's a beautiful, sunny day. We're all out at the pool having a good time. Yay us.
1: Love it. I yeah. love it.
0: So yes. how about, we yeah, would
1: have, we would have been staring out the window hoping to, you know, take an afternoon off, which, of course, would have had to be scheduled
0: and approved and, approved and, and, and yes. all that right or well, let's somehow... talk about in our next episode the staring out the window story. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So what is a goodie that you've had in your life?
1: Yes, and this this is such a um perfect alignment with this episode. I was thinking that part of creating the life and career that I imagine was working from different locations. Mm, and right. again, as people are getting called back to the office, not an option anymore, right? So, uh my husband and I spend um usually a month every summer since I've created this life um traveling around different parts of Colorado, I deciding where we're going to buy a second place. I love that. And we we're trying out all different parts of Colorado, seeing what we love, working, you know, some some of the time playing, some of the time and that would have never been possible
0: in a million years. You couldn't have in done it. In a that. million years when I was in a traditional role right so even talk a little bit more about that because um, while it would be fun to stay at the Broadmoor for example in Colorado Springs for a month uh, that might be budget prohibitive I'll just say so talk about how y'all travel and that how it kind of fits into your life and it's just sort of a part of your cadence I guess and not like this exceptional thing does that make sense yes
1: absolutely yeah so we um you know, we live in Texas and it's very hot here in the summer. And so it started with an escape of love the to Colorado, heat. you know, for a week. And then we got there the first year and I said, a week is not long enough. And we right. can both work from wherever we want to. Right. So we just extended it that first week, that first year. And then we've just continued to kind of extend. So I love that. For us, it is usually an Airbnb. Have for the weeks that we are working um, yep. some kind of rental again we've been trying out different towns all across Colorado really deciding you know where we want to be and staying there a week and renting a place yep. and experiencing you know
0: where's Where's their grocery store?
1: Where's you know? Where I was going to
0: say yeah. right? you become more a part of the fabric of that community too. Absolutely, absolutely. And so you really get how good is the internet
1: speed, right? right? All the things that you you really need to understand. And right. so um, during the weeks that we're working, we uh, just rent a place. We also love to camp, and so usually for one week we go off the grid and we camp somewhere without any connectivity. Uh, which is uh, a great break. And yeah. again, go really, you know, uh, places that um, sometimes vehicles can't even get to. We have, uh, my husband mm-hmm. loves off-road vehicles, so we mm-hmm. have an off-road vehicle. We He has built a um, self-sustaining trailer that basically has water electric via solar panels oh my gosh. and solar so water tank. He's very handy. Yeah. And we, uh, yeah, just go off the grid. Last year, we went to a place in Colorado that is one of the dark skies communities. Love. Which is only a few, right, in the world. And so they they manage their light sensitivity, um, uh, you know, with how they uh, create lighting so that you can see the stars in a way that is completely yeah. magical. And you know, those are the moments that I think if i was staring out a window in corporate america on a friday afternoon i would be missing right you wouldn't you wouldn't
0: be there you wouldn't be at the pool
1: absolutely absolutely yeah. so we are we, again we we want to share these these real experiences that we have on a friday afternoon at the pool of being able to take off for a month in the summer and be somewhere else because we hope that inspires you to dream bigger right to not stay in the construct of what, again, a lot of societal messages have told you, you have to do because those Absolutely. simply are not true. They are made up. So if they're made up, why not make up the one that you want?
0: I love that. Hence the theme of the podcast. We can turn the page. We can make, make it new. I love that. Absolutely.
1: So stay tuned for our next episode where, again, we're going to dive deeper into how we took questions that we were posing to you in this episode and we took them into application into our careers our lives and again in the ongoing evolution that we continue to decide i might have to start adding friday pool visits after <laughs> this
0: i'm a big fan of summers in colorado so thumbs up to that take
1: care everyone we'll talk to the next episode all
0: right bye-bye